Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Brazuda, Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Steelers Preview. Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson with you tonight until 8 o'clock. Getting ready for the Steelers and the New Orleans Saints Sunday at AccraSure Stadium. We will be joined as always by Merrill Hodge, the third member of our team. Merrill always stops by for the second segment. <laughs> and Matt, a uh, lot to talk about regarding this Saints game. But before we start digging into that, I got to tell you about uh, a great experience I just had. The okay. Steelers uh, conducting a media tour of their new Hall of Honor Museum ah. at Acrisure Stadium. That opens tomorrow at 11 a.m., open to the public tomorrow, late morning. And uh, I don't know, you don't strike me as an emotional guy. Oh, look, there's Joe Namus cleats. There's uh, Jim Brown's of. helmet. I mean, but, if I walk past Joe Green at the facility, it, it brings okay. a little, you know. So you're not totally heartless. Oh, right, you're, not, right. you're not a pure X and O <laughs> tactician, but this place is phenomenal. Is got, it really? I got to tell you, uh, I spent a lot of time in Western Pennsylvania growing up, mm-hmm. and the proximity to Canton, Ohio, and my family's over-the-top obsession with sports. We went, we went to Canton a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this place that the Steelers are going to open to the public tomorrow is Pro Football Hall of Fame caliber. Is it really? In, in terms of its uh, That's the, cool. the display, the, the variety of, uh, I guess you call them artifacts or, you know, me- memorabilia is not a strong enough word because some, sure. some of this stuff's really cool. And they went to the obscure, which I personally, as a sports fan, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's great to watch the highlight of. Lynn Swan making a double catch in the sure, Super Bowl sure, sure. on the video, but I I like to see stuff that I didn't even know existed or That's cool. uh, something that that highlights an event that I'd forgotten about or didn't think was that important at the time. But you you give it a second thought, and uh, I, I was just blown away, and I uh, can't recommend enough. If you are a Steeler fan of any intensity or passion, you're going to want to check this place out. Uh, Franco Harris was down there today along with Steelers president Art Rooney II, and they both uh, spoke briefly. And check this out. Franco said he didn't know that the Steelers once combined with the Chicago Cardinals during World War II for a season, the card pit season. I didn't know that either. There I knew go. the Steagles. Yeah. I didn't know the Everybody the knows they pits. did Philly for one year, okay. the Steagles. I think if memory serves – 
card pit went 0-11-1. Not a strong year for the card pit. No. So. <laughs> they decided that was a bad idea after one season. But that's, these are the kind of things that you can learn. Yeah, right, right. And even if you think you know it all, you don't. And, again, uh, really uh, a, a, be- I'm to go. a beautiful place. And uh, it starts uh, with about a 12-minute video. And, you know, as a kid growing up in the 70s, that stuff still gives you chills. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's... 100%. I mean, if it's not for those 70s teams, I don't do what I'm doing for a living. I mean, I absolutely believe that. And, you know, I haven't been there yet. Can't wait to go, take my son, whoever. But when I was director of football operations at Akron, one of the things I set up, because it was within the mileage, was we had our official visit weekend for recruits. We would take them to dinner at the Hall of Fame. And it was we were the only people in the whole building. Not you know, it was not the a families. Yeah, so it was like, it was like, uh, what's the museum one with with uh, Robin Williams where they're talking to you? Like we were the only ones in the whole building <laughs> at like nine ten at night, and like on the busts are there, and it's like this is super cool. You yeah, know? I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff just because of my love of sports in sure. general. Uh, get to travel out on the job. I've been to the Packers Museum. I've been to Yankee Stadium, awesome. right, yeah, Monument yeah. Park, and. Uh, the, Anywhere there's something, I go check it out, mm-hmm. and this is this is really cool. I'm sure I, it could hang with any NFL team. I, that's for sure. I, I don't use that uh, phraseology very often, nice. but I was just like, "Wow, is this nice?" And I, I know all my out of town relatives that are from here mm-hmm. originally are gonna when they come back to visit, they're gonna want to go. Oh, and, it's gonna be uh, popular. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna want to take the kids and mm-hmm. uh, take the take the relatives and relive wow. relive some pretty cool times. Uh, also, not a bad time to open such a a museum when you're two and six. Yeah, it brings morale up a little bit. <laughs> you know, yeah, right, right. You know, this is really out of character because it used to be this good for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> Remember and all the good memories we, we gave got the yeah. stuff to prove it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's get to the practice okay. participation this right is away. Big because, from the Saints side. Yeah, and I want to start with New Orleans because this is a three and six football team, the Saints, and it is banged up. If you saw the game against Baltimore on Monday night, you saw one guy go out after another. Yep. Uh, now the one kid, even uh, leading into that game, I thought they were the the team most affected by injuries all year long. Alante Taylor, the rookie cornerback, left and then came back against the Ravens. But here's what uh, the Saints did not have today: cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. He's missed the last four games; hasn't practiced this week. Ser- starting center Eric McCoy injured against the Ravens; didn't practice second straight day. Uh, starting guard Andres Pete. Uh, didn't practice second straight day. He also went out of that Baltimore game early. So did linebacker Pete Werner, who is really, to me, one of the underrated Quality player, underrated yeah. players in the NFL. Never leaves the field, right? Uh, he left it Monday night, and he left it on a cart, mm-hmm. and he hasn't practiced yet this week. Marcus May, one of their safeties, showed up today on the injury report. Abdomen, uh, and this does not even include wide receiver Michael Thomas and cornerback Bradley Roby, who are mm-hmm. on injured We're reserve. Done. Uh, the other wide receiver of note, Jarvis Landry, limited. He hasn't played in five straight games. So even if he plays, yeah, what's he going to bring? It's I, it's brutal. I, I mean, I mentioned they've been hit really, really hard this year with injuries. And I, I made note of it in this stat pack that I do, the, the snaps of the receivers and corners. You do I a mean, stat pack. <laughs> I know it overwhelms you, but sometimes to enjoy. Where can I read that if I have about 45 <laughs> minutes? Com. Okay, yeah, there, there you go. go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Lattimore's their top corner. Very thorough. I'm giving Matt a little good-natured guff. But But the other corners they're really struggling for. Adebo's been the number two corner. He's kind of thrust in the number one situation. He hasn't been particularly good. 
Um, besides Alave, the receivers have been a disaster. The O-lines have been shuffling around. And this goes back to the Drew Brees era. Nobody invested in O-line as much as the Saints, particularly up the middle. They always put big money into guards, centers. All those guys are high picks, and they're not getting the benefits of it right now. And they're shuffling guys around. Ruiz, a former first-round pick, he was the guard. He bumps into center, so they got worse at two spots. And yeah, he was mostly a center at Michigan, and Michigan, he was mostly center, yeah. And I, one of those first-round picks you mentioned, the right tackle, Ryan Ramchick, mm-hmm. struggled against the Ravens for a guy who's been at it as he's long as— He's been great as, in his career. Yeah. I don't know what's—maybe he's playing hurt, too, and fighting through something. Who knows? But, of course, he's probably going to get Watt. Uh, the left tackle situation hasn't been ideal. And really, when you look at the offense— it's two guys. It's Olave, who's really impressive, and Kamara. I yeah. mean, the rest of the weapons aren't scary. On the Steelers' side of things, uh, some good news and some bad news. Chris Boswell didn't practice again today. He was placed on mm-hmm. the reserve injured list, and the Steelers acted, activated safety DeMonte Casey. Uh, boy, that was a shame. Exciting, yeah. Shame he got hurt in the preseason. That right. guy really was looking like a fit in a – Five defensive backs, three safety package. Yep, yep. I think that big nickel is uh, something you're going to see a lot of, which might mean less of Spillane and more things you can do with Minka. Well, hang on, yeah. on, hang on on less of Spillane okay. because uh, Miles Jack did not practice for oh, a I second didn't hear that yet. Okay. consecutive day as well. Now, Mike Tomlin had said on Tuesday that Jack might be limited, mm-hmm. but it, it, the way he, Tomlin said it, it sounded like there was a you know fairly good chance that he would be playing. But, okay. uh, you know, he's a vet. If he gets one day, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but right now he hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, Noah Kello Witherspoon, uh, he did not practice for a second straight day today. Larry Ogunjobi upgraded from did not practice to limited. I talked to Ogunjobi yesterday, and he said uh, the plan is for him to play. Okay, okay. And of course, plans change. Um also, Terrell Austin. Especially against the interior of that Saints O-line, he'd be very useful. Terrell Austin, the Steelers defensive coordinator, speaking with the media today. It was coordinator Thursday down on the south side. And he talked about the anticipated return of T.J. Watt. He hasn't mm-hmm. been activated officially yet, but everybody is expecting that to happen. Austin said that uh, he's not expecting 60 snaps out of T.J. Watt, okay. who has been hurt since the opener. Now, I pointed out to Austin that a couple of years ago when Watt sat out train or the hold-in at training camp right, where right. he was at the meetings and working on his own but not practicing. He still played a ton of snaps in that opener at Buffalo, even though nobody was anticipating that. Hard to pull him off the field. And <laughs> yeah. Austin said, well, it's different. He wasn't coming off an injury. He was just observing. Mm-hmm. This time he's coming off an injury. But they will use him, Austin said, wisely and hope he impacts the game and okay. get whatever they can out of him. Sounds um, like a bit of an undersell, but fair enough. Uh, Casey, uh, looking forward to getting him back. Absolutely. Uh, Austin, not sure how, but he said it might not just be in the three safety thing. He might play some regular defense. Austin good. thinks he's a really good football player. He's a quality player. player, yeah. Based on what I saw in training camp, I would agree. I agree. I, I love that addition. A lot of off time, it. though. You know, I know. you, you yeah. wonder about the rust. And then uh, William Jackson the third. That's the one I was most curious did about. Did not practice again back. He didn't practice hmm. Monday, according to Chris Adamski of Trib Live with a back. Missed the last three games of his Washington Commanders tender, tenure excuse me, with a back injury. Mm-hmm. He suffered that October the 9th against Tennessee. But Terrell Austin said today, and I'm going to paraphrase, well, you'd like to get him on the practice field, but he's a veteran. He knows how to cover. Wow. He's, you know, if, okay. he's, if he's available, he's playing. We're getting him in there, which to me is more a reflection of the State of the Union at cornerback than anything else. Not exactly a gl- glowing endorsement for Levi and Spoon and that crew, obviously. I think Sutton's solid. 
It's funny when Jackson was the one I was most excited to hear about because I had not seen the practice report before we hit record here. Um, when they traded for Jackson, maybe I was overly optimistic, but I thought as soon as he gets to Pittsburgh, he's going to be the starting left corner probably. You know, I mean, and maybe that was overshooting things, but he has hasn't practiced yet as a Steeler. I still think he's better than the guys they have. His forte, uh, more of a man guy. People tell you he's man to man. Can you put him on a lave and then everybody else play something else? Yeah, I mean he's been around the block and yeah. right. Maybe disguise your coverage is a little different, but we just mentioned that Alave and Kamara are far and away their best weapons. Even if Landry returns, I don't know that you want him following. But I, you know, the people, the thing people don't think about when like when Revis or Dion follows a guy all over the field is then the other ten have to adjust if he goes in motion or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean they're a left right team, but. But he could be speed. If he can take out the best receiver, right, right, it's right, probably right. an adjustment worth trying, isn't it? Yeah. It's just not something they do. Hey, uh, we didn't have hey. to adjust, but we're still running off the field and the extra point team's coming on because <laughs> right. the best receiver just stuck in the end zone from 45 yards away. Hey, William, follow him, you know, and that's your job for 40 snaps. Yeah. I mean, if he can go, I would be shocked if he doesn't. But I love that addition. I think, I mean, this is bold praise, but I think he could have a Joe Hayden like type of wow. influence. See, that's. I also thought of him as a starting corner when mm-hmm. they made the trade, but that was more a reflection of the State of the Union and a cornerback here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a William Jackson, and honestly, Matt, I, I see a guy who's on his third team now, yeah. a former number one pick. Right. I mean, this is not how great number one picks' careers unfold. No, it isn't. But, man, I mean, Washington, when he became a free agent leaving Cincinnati, yeah. he was highly, highly coveted. Right. Man, Washington overpaid. That's yeah, the only reason course. he left the Bengals. People don't let good corners go, do they? Well, I don't know. Cincinnati was real wise in that decision either. They probably should have franchised okay. them. But Washington did Well, it really held them back. <laughs> well, they did okay. But they kind of did the nom de awesome move in Washington of, we're going to take this zone cover guy and make him a man. Well, they did yeah. the opposite and just ask him to play left-handed, basically. And it's sort of a dysfunctional environment in Washington anyways. That's kind of the, the Hayden-Browns correlation but, to but me. But doesn't Rivera have a pretty good rep as a defensive guy? I don't know. They, their back seven blows coverages left and right. Yeah. I mean, they have that crazy front four. I haven't seen them play yet this it, year. It's sloppy. Defense I mean, for been, two years now, it's been sloppy. Yeah, and the pr- whole back Pretty seven. respectable front. Yeah, oh, they, they got first-round picks galore. And the other thing I, I, that gives me pause, and maybe you can clear this up for me, mm-hmm. Okay, he's a man guy, but you can't play zone. Isn't man harder? I mean, well, here's also another misconception. I, I, the league as a whole plays zone like two out of three snaps. You know, uh, the Steelers right now are heavy in man. They're at yeah. like forty six percent. Saints you know? probably more than that, huh? Um, ideal. I don't think this year because their corners are so bad. I mean, it's it, they're they're struggling. Yeah. They played like nine corners significant yeah. snaps, you they, know, so they do press a lot. To. They would love to put Lattimore. We've seen Lattimore on Mike Evans twice a year yeah. forever. I mean, that's what they want to do. I just don't think they have the guys to do it right now. So so back to the yeah. you know, if you can play man, why can't you play zone question? It's just a totally way of seeing the game, passing guys off, you yeah. know, I mean, more thinking in hey, zone. You got this area. Yeah. You know, I the best way I always was described to it when I was See, a this pit, to me is like the old Jerome McGinley can play right wing but not left wing. Really? He's a Hall of Fame player. <laughs> Why can he not do that? He'd probably be an okay defenseman, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, because he's more talented than everybody out there. That I can't comment on. But the way I was taught it is when I was a pit, Paul Rhodes, our defense coordinator, was exceptional and just drilled it into our defensive backs 
man eyes. You know, you're basically just looking at that guy's belt buckle. And you don't care what the other, what else is going on around you. Zone eyes, you have this wide triangle where you're seeing the whole field, you know. And Paralysis it, it, by analysis. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm sure everyone can do both. But in this league, if you're weak in something, you get picked on. Yeah. Um, what to Expect is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. I'd love to tell you what to expect Sunday, but I don't know because I don't know if the Steelers can score. And I'm I not know. being a smart aleck. If they could get, <laughs> if they could get, start getting 21, 24 points a game, I think with the reinforcements coming on defense, yeah. I think they can be in every game they play uh, during the post by portion about of the, the schedule. Defense. But I, I don't know what to expect because I don't know if they're going to score. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I definitely, I'm still very much an optimist that the second half of the season will be noticeably more encouraging than the first half. But I don't know where a running game's coming from. You know, yeah, it, 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 that's one major thing presumably they're going to need that and uh as luck would have it we have a former running back coming yeah, up running next. by him so uh we'll talk to merrill hodge about that uh when we return uh, the greater pittsburgh community food bank reminds you to sack hunger get food volunteer or donate at pittsburghfoodbank.org we are just getting warmed up tonight on the preview mike pursuta with matt williamson we're going to be with you tonight until eight o'clock talking Steelers saints right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE and SNR. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pasuda and Matt Williamson with you till 8 o'clock tonight here on Steelers Preview. It's brought to you by Univet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Univet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Time now to welcome the third member of our team to the show, Merrill Hodge. And uh, Merrill, how's it going? I understand you had to play some goat track today. I hope that wasn't uh, too distasteful an experience for you. Well, that's actually a very good word, distasteful. Let me just tell you this. Um, I'm not, that's not, golf has never been, let me back up. First time I ever golfed in any tournament was with Arnold Palmer. First time ever. <laughs> oh. um, I, I asked, I, I, Dermonte Dawson used to live next to me, and Dermonte could play golf. And keep in mind, I'd never played golf before. I don't know how to play golf. Bobby Brister asked me to fill in for him playing this, what's called the Cadillac Classic. I called Dirt and I was like, hey, listen, I need to have you help me 
because I'd watch him in the backyard chip all the time. So I go, he knows how to golf. So I said, this, you need to help you learn how to golf. He goes, when's your tournament? I go, this weekend. He goes, Mary, you can't learn how to play golf in a week. I'm like, well, uh, we got to try. Okay, so <laughs> he took me over to play. He takes me over. He takes me over. Okay, within one swing, I realized I got a problem. But I'm, I'm just assuming nobody, everybody knows. You know, I'm not a good golfer, so what is, what is there? There's no expectations. I'm going to go dress up like Payne Stewart. I'm going to have knickers on. I'm going to play Gary Anderson, Arnold Palmer. Have the time of my life at, at TPC Sawgrass, too, by the way. Um, I'm just going to leave it at this. I got 18 stories for you. None of them are good. Um, <laughs> it was an absolute It was an absolute train wreck. Now, I never thought I'd play golf again. The only reason I share that, I thought I'd never play golf again after that. I, mean, get, um, I think Arnold Palmer, but he passed away, there's probably only one guy he didn't like. It was probably me, okay, because of this tournament. So I just I, – I think I, – so I don't, I don't care about golf. I don't ever want to play golf. But I, I play golf on occasion, um, periodically. But I got passionate about it a few years ago. I've never played it year-round here until the last couple of years. I even played Augusta. I played Augusta twice. And that, that I thought I could never trump. You know, in all in all honesty, I was like, I, I don't think I could ever um, trump Augusta until I came over to um, Cabo and played this course on um, on the ocean. That was, um, I, I'm telling you, it was breathtaking. Every hole was stunning. I mean, it was. We were playing 40 mile an hour winds. So people who know golf, they know that's not one of the hardest things to play in. And I shoot an I shoot an 81. Um, well, 82. Okay. My wife's correcting me over here. She's my caddy. Okay. So true caddy is always correct. Okay. Shot 82. Okay. That in that, in those wind conditions, but the, um, what's the name? I sent you the, uh, um, what's the name? You that? did. You sent a Quivira. beautiful picture. I'm, uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> okay. So that, the, the, so it's Quivira, Quivira Cabos, um, golf course. But it, if you ever look it up, I mean, it's like, half of the course is built right on the coastline. Yeah. I mean, you literally, every time you tee off, you're, the ocean is, when you take two steps off the tee box, you're going to fall in the ocean. That ain't a lie. It was the most breathtaking golf course. I mean, you, four hours, seemed like 10 minutes. It went so fast. It, I'm telling you, it was the most spectacular thing I think I've ever, I've ever done in golf. The holes were, there, were spectacular. The, the day was beautiful. Um, well, I'm glad you it's got. Unbelievable! Like, so, if you're into golf, you got to come. I'm glad you got a chance to get out and do something fun finally, because you know, usually you just have your nose to the grindstone yeah. and it's work, 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 and you never seem to go anywhere or do anything spectacular. So, yeah, I, I rake leaves a lot today. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> hey, hey, now listen. I'm still looking at my. I'm still looking at all my tape that I watch. I, I, even though I have very much spare time, I'm still watching the tape, staying on top of things because you can't let the work go. Well, so, well, let me ask you this. Ronnie uh, Dawson said you can't learn how to play golf in a week. If you're Najee Harris, can you remember how to play running back in a bye week? <laughs> uh, you like how I got there? Yeah. That's what we yeah, call a clever like transition that. in the radio biz. That, yeah, right, right. That, that, that's what they call shifting gears, brother. We went from reverse to first, went over to third. We're cruising now. <laughs> yeah, we're grinding. Now, I'm going to just say this. I, I can relate to I can relate to Najee in the in, in one aspect of you know you, you come off um, so I think he's a true pro let me get let me get established that I think he's a really good professional in the sense that he wants to get better 
one thing I'll tell you about being a professional, that it's a process. You learn things. And there's no profession that's immune to this, that you try to learn and get better at your craft. And now I say that because back to my first year, I remember I, my goal was to get bigger, bigger and stronger. You know, I came in and I swear to you, I felt like the Michelin man. You know, I was about 232. <laughs> I was just, I put on all this weight and I was like, I, I just, I was sluggish. I just, I wasn't. I wasn't the same player I was the year before, I didn't feel. Now, I say that, and I, you know, because Najee looks bigger to me. I don't listen. That might not be it. It might have been just the injury. It's only about five pounds, Um, according to him. Okay, so that's really not a lot. You know, I was was a good 10, 15-pound difference. And this was 1989. It was, you know, actually, my weight indicated how our year went. Okay? My, I was... I was 232 when we got beat 51 to nothing. I was 231 when we got beat 42 to 10. And then I started losing weight after that. And then we almost went to the Super Bowl. So um, it was in the Denver playoff game that I actually, um, I weighed in at 210 before we played the game. Then, and I, I, we'd already had the wild card game in Houston. I weighed 208. So I was fluctuating between 208, 210. But I realized then I'll never, I'm, I'll never be bigger than that because I can't play bigger than that i'm better at 210 than i am at 230 you know and that's where i've always thought coaching is a big mistake oh how much you weigh how much you weigh okay listen i don't give a rat's rump how you much you weigh how do you play that's what matters okay if the guy is 295 and he's playing he's tail off and he's a guard and you still think he needs to be 310 you need to check yourself as a coach okay he's good at 295 shut your mouth okay he plays well at 295 so sick of hearing oh you gotta be bigger you gotta be bigger no you don't have to be bigger you got to find what, how you play well. Now you t- you talk to you mentioned Najee. I mean, um, you know when you have an injury, especially like a foot, you know those things can just hinder you. Um, and it can. I've always believed like training camp is for a reason. It seasons you for the season. Then you play the season. It seasons you for the playoffs if you're able to get there. And if you're injured and you have something that hampers you, I, I just I, don't, I can't think recollect anybody who's had a hamstring or a foot or something that's significant and it affects your mobility, your, your ability to work and move um, for a period of time that you ever get in your proper sequence. I, I'm just telling you, I, I can't think of anybody I've ever seen doing it. I remember Rod Woodson, when you come back after, you know, that was more Rod, I think, held out. But even Rod, I mean, you know, he hadn't played training camp, had been training camp for five weeks, he opened opening day, and he had to go up against Jerry Rice. And he was just not the Rod Woodson that we would know if he had played five weeks. And that's true with anybody. I get how talented you are. And I think that, you know, I don't know how much you played in training camp. I was there um, a couple of days. I didn't see him practice much. I just think that all plays, plays a role in this. Can a bye week help him try to get some of that seasoning back and that rhythm? Sure it can. Um, is it going to get him back to where maybe it was last year? Probably not. But I think it would get him closer. He's still better than most uh, with the skill set he has. But if I know the one I've known about Najee, he's not sitting there taking things lightly. I'm sure he's working on his craft and trying to get himself as right as he can possibly get himself. You know, I just, you know, I, I just was wondering if weight was a part of it because he just looked so much bigger than he did last year. But, you know, that can be, a player can be deceptive, you know, if you get five pounds, so he can look bigger than you really are. Merrill, the, the back on the other side, Alvin Kamara, is one of my absolute favorites of the last decade or so. Where are you at yeah. on him? 
Well, I, listen, I, I remember coming out when I was getting, I was doing the draft, and um, gosh, that year there was a lot of backs that were very similar. Um, McCaffrey was McCaffrey was one. Of, yeah. Now here's where McCaffrey, here's where McCaffrey edged out. There was somebody else. I think the kid in Minnesota, to be honest with you. Yeah, I Dalvin Cook was that year too. Year. That was a great back class. Okay, Dalvin Cook. Although Dalvin Cook wasn't quite like these two guys. Mm-hmm. These two guys ranked as similar. Okay, so um, here's where um, McCaffrey had an advantage. He had truly played in the slot. He had run the prop. He'd run all the routes that you would expect him to try to run the NFL. And then he you play him in the backfield. He could run um, all the runs you needed to. Although you weren't going to make him a power O running back. You know you're going to run outside zones, perimeter stuff. You know because you don't want to beat him up. He's just not. He's not built like that. So you knew that about him. So that there's where his advantage would be is that you've seen him do it. You're already comfortable. You know he can do it because you've seen it. Now. Camara, when I saw him at Tennessee, and I put that in, I remember Bill Pulley and I had a big argument over this. Like, he didn't like him. Um, Bill was probably mad at me for saying this. Bill didn't like him. He was like, oh, man, you know, he's too light. He can't do this, can't do that. And then I'm sure Bill's probably thinking of him as a true power back. You know? So that's not who Camara was. But he was just so fluid and dynamic, and he did so many things that you just had, you don't see every day when he touched the ball. And I don't care where he touched the ball at. Um, and then the way he played, how fluid he was on the perimeter, um, you just felt that you'd have to feel like, okay, I could really develop him just because of his overall mobility and his ability to move and how he played running back. But um, I loved him too. Uh, and in a meeting room, in a draft room, if we can, you know, listen, this is a win-win. You can sit there and argue about both guys and throw your debates up. Either way, you're going to win with the guy. But where Kamara has been um, head and shoulders above, McCaffrey is he's been pretty much he's been healthy a majority of his career. You know, he hasn't met, missed what McCaffrey has, but um, he is a dynamic player and he can do everything. Um, and I want to say everything. I mean, he'll stick his nose in there and block two people. Mm-hmm. Knock, I was just watching him last week. I mean, he'll knock he'll knock into next week if you blitz him. You know, he, he's not a liability if you're going to blitz, because sometimes you do that with those lighter backs. You like to try to get a bigger linebacker on them, and you think that you can get your quarterback, get to the quarterback through him. Because, you, you know, he's a player. He, he plays. He wants the ball in his hand. He doesn't want to do that. And that's not him. He'll play you every down. Don't don't think for one second that if he's in the back row, third down, we're going to blitz him. We'll get there okay, because Kamara, he will step up and smack you. Merrill, getting back to uh, Harris. Nobody at the Steelers questions his desire, his want to, his passion, how much he cares about his team and his teammates, how hard he works. Uh, you know, they've they've told stories since he got there about how they have to kick him out of the facility uh, because he's he's preparing. If you're the offensive coordinator and you still believe in this guy, but you keep seeing not much on the field. How long is the leash until you look at the kid, uh, Jalen Warren, who's been productive in the fourth quarter of games and see if he can be productive in the first? Well, um, I, I'm trying to put myself in a coaching situation like that because I've been there. First of all, if I thought it's just the runner, okay, which it's not. See, that's the whole problem here. Everybody thinks it's just nausea. Let me just say this: they've done a bad, They have not played up front very well. They've been grotesquely inconsistent. Okay, 
Um, when Jalen has had big runs, listen, um, he's done a great job of breaking tackles and getting extra yards. He's done, he's done what you need to do as a runner. He's complimented the offensive line. But he has been in a situation where they played better up front when he's been in there. He's also and popped now, a couple of he he's popped a couple of ten yard runs on third and fifteen too. Right, right. His role's been easy. Little, little circumstances. So, you know, and, and those are not correct. And those are not you know normal situations. You know, you catch him off guard in a third down thing. So he, where he he's gotten his runs, and I'm not taking any thing away from him because I love the way he runs. Let me just tell you this: I mean, he is a powerful kid. He makes he breaks. I'm going. I was getting to it. I mean, what he does. If the offensive line does a great job, he gives you three or four to ten more yards after that, and that's what a good runner does. You know, Najee hasn't really – Najee doesn't get those. You know, when he does, you see what he does. He compliments it just like that. He pounds people, punishes people, um, gets extra yards. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think you swap this, you swap this role, you're, you're not going to – it's not going to be any different until these guys up front get more consistent. At the end of the day, that's where it starts and ends. I'm not going to go in my running back room and create any type of controversy or or issues, and and even consider that I'm down on Najee, to be honest with you. I mean, because what I see him do, I see him do every everything he could possibly do. The only thing he does a little more this year, which I cannot blame him, he will create. He tries to, or he doesn't trust it, so he goes and creates when he shouldn't. Um, he's done it more this year than he did last year. Um, but I understand why he is because he, he can't trust anything. He can't trust that anything's going to get done. And so it's a, it's natural for a runner to think he's got to create, and that's what he's done a little more this year than last year. And that's another thing I'd do. I'd counsel him, so we got to keep trusting and believing we'll eventually get it, get it done up front, and then we'll have the full complement of what we need. But I'm not going to go um, put swap guys out and, you know, his production is really not on him. It's it's on what we how, how poor we have been out front. That's where the production and the problem lies. Merrill, what do you see the ripple effects of the Claypool trade? I mean, do you do you think there's maybe more twelve personnel, maybe more Watt in the game, or this target distribution goes more to Deontay and Pickens? Well. Um, I, I think Deontay and Pickens probably, you know, Pickens probably becomes more of a focal point. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, where it might funnel to, you know, by saying that. Um, you might get a little more, you know, 12, two tight ends, one back in there. Um, I don't know how productive they are with, with um, you know, a, a full back in there. You know, they don't have, they're not as productive and they don't have as many options stemmed from that. Um, but I might, you might see a little more two tight ends. Yeah, so maybe that helps you in your running game too. You know, get a better blocker. Um, you know, they tried to lose use Claypool as a blocker, and he just he ain't gonna do it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, speaking from experience and knowing how you a run blocker or a pass blocker, I'm gonna tell you this: eighty percent of it is just being a willing participant. Okay, your willingness to go in there and block people. And when you don't have that, then you can't. You can't change somebody's mindset. If they're not tough and they don't want to go dig somebody out, they're not going to do it. And Claypool wasn't going to do it, regardless of his size. You put two hands on somebody and he can be cast to the ghost in a heartbeat, get out of there, disappear. So um, maybe the guys can dig people out and make things happen. Merrill, last thing I got for you. 
Uh, what kind of difference would a consistent running game make? Um, you know, they could start grinding out 80, 90, 100, 110 yards from the running backs, not the quarterback doing read option and not an endless succession right. of jet sweeps. Just a traditional run the ball. If, if they could start being effective at that, not great, effective, what kind of difference and would close to league average? Let me just say this. It, it completely changes the team and the direction they're going, and it does the one thing that I harp on, I talk about all the time. At the end of the day, you have to control the tempo in the National Football League. That's, to win consistently, it has to be done. Yes, there's going to be those, those games where it doesn't happen that way, turnovers and crazy things happen. But if you're going to win consistently, the ability to run the ball with effectiveness which we're talking about, not just run the ball, you know, and get two yards. I mean, be effective and you, you inflict damage on it and you, you inflict the defense to ultimately surrender. And when I say surrender is if you can run the football well, this is Philadelphia, you'll ask the steer of defense what they have when they start running the ball on them. You have to take somebody and enter it to enter him to the box. Okay, now you have given somebody in your secondary up to defend the run. That limits what you can do coverage-wise. It limits what you can do defense, defensively. Now, from a coordinator perspective offensively, that opens, that opens Pandora's box for me. Now I know you can only run so many things in coverage. Now I can attack that much easier. And you have a lot of different options. You have a lot of flexibility because you've handled my run. You have all of your secondary disposal. You're not giving anybody up to the box. It now helps me call plays better, dial up explosive plays better, and limit what you can do as a defense. Where we can't run the football, which they haven't been able to, well, I mean, defense can do whatever they want. They can change things up, uh, schematically change things, disguise things, be creative. But when you run the football, you change the tempo of the game, you change the environment of the game, you become the dictator. If they could do that, and the per- how it permeates on the defense, is I like, I like that is never mentioned. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this. At the end of the day, whoever's the best defense at the end of this year, you go back and look at it in history. On average, this is usually the number one statistic that is consistent with all number one defenses. They play, they play the least amount of snaps. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's I think it's more true now than ever. Yeah. Yeah. You play, you're right. You play the least amount of snaps. So well, how do you do that? You don't – Running the football does that. It gives you that opportunity to control the tempo, free up your defense. We keep, we stay on the field. We take time of possession. We do all the things. We move the field. We get points. If you're doing those, one of those few things every time you're in the football, you're out on the football field with an offense versus going three and out, and you just burn thirty seconds because you try to chuck it all over the place. Wow, what a difference it makes for your team. It would it would change the complexity of how this how this team is viewed. Merrill, That's how big it would be. Tremendous stuff. Uh, get back out to uh, Quivera Los Cabos tomorrow and shoot <laughs> 71, will you? I'm on it, brother. <laughs> There's always goals, baby. Actually, I'll be, I'll be at the Hall of Honor. You guys going to be at the Hall of Honor? I was down there today. Was I, won't, yeah. I won't be there tomorrow. Heard it's phenomenal. Good. Well, um, well, hopefully I get to see something. I can't wait to see the Hall of Honor. That's a, that's extraordinary what they've done there. You're going to be blown away. You you are going to be blown away. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I cannot wait to see it. They sent us a few pictures, but I can't wait to see it on Saturday. So, congratulations to all those guys who are going to be inducted and and and, and, and that have been inducted. And uh, we'll see you guys this Sunday, okay? We'll do, Merrill.
See you guys. Take care. Go Steelers. Merrill Hodge. And, uh, boy, he uh, had a lot uh, to say there. Yeah, and yeah. every syllable of it was spot on. And uh, we'll touch, uh, retouch on a couple of those things when we come back as it relates to Alvin Kamara and whether the Steelers can stop him. Uh, gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite Steelers players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acroshore Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets. You can also visit us online at shop.steelers.com. One more segment to go with with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike and Matt with you till 8 o'clock tonight, getting you ready for Steelers Saints on Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. Yinch Chat is the Steelers predictive and trivia game. Answer questions, make picks, and win prizes. Play your own versus Steelers Nation or in our new public group. Or you can also create your very own private group to compete against family and friends. You can play Yinch Chat exclusively in the Steelers official mobile app. Matt, uh, the Thursday night Steelers preview question from Yinch Chat. Mm. Sacks by the Steelers defense Sunday, over or under two and a half? I'm going over on that one. I, I know this whole pitch count for Watt thing sounds great on a Thursday yeah, night. There's no pitch count. I mean, I bet he plays 40 or 50 snaps. He's playing 85%. And he's, <laughs> right, right. He's getting That's... at least one, and somebody else is getting a couple more. So yeah, I agree. I'm going to go over as well. This week's prize is a signed football. T.J. Watt's signature on that oh, signed cool. football, as well as two tickets to the Steelers-Ravens game on December the 11th. Back to what Merrill was talking about. And to me, it's a very simple breakdown. Uh, you might have had this in your uh, extensive uh, no status too small to report <laughs> weekly report. Since 2021, when Alvin Kamara has fewer than 20 touches, the Saints are 3-6. and six. Hmm. I don't get, have that, but that adds up. When he gets 20 or more, they're 9-2. and two. In yeah. their depleted state, they're going to try to hand him the ball. And in terms of the passing game, He's I don't a phenomenal see, receiver. He is, but I don't yeah. see him as a Le'Veon Bell type lineup outside and run Ooh. a run a double move. I might fight you on that a little bit, especially when Peyton was there. Not as much this yeah, year. Yeah, I think now it's mostly hey, dump it into the flat, get mm-hmm. him in space, bleed through the line, turn around, catch short, and run with it. I mean, him versus any of these linebackers, the ball's going to go to him. Yeah, you know what I mean. I well, mean, that's the thing. The yeah. Ravens were covering him. Patrick Queen and Rokon Smith mm-hmm. were on him, and he caught the ball and they got him on the ground. Uh, in the running game, first couple carries, Merrill was talking about wide receivers blocking. Yes. First carry of the game, a wide receiver number one, Marquez Callaway, who probably wouldn't be playing if they were healthy at the position. Right, I mean, he's spot player. He half-assed the block on Marcus Peters. Peters made the tackle. Second and 10. Another receiver, Demarcus Robinson, number 10. Mm-hmm. Showed very little interest in blocking Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback, the other cornerback. Yeah. Boom, down he goes after a three-yard gain. Baltimore's corners were impactful in the running game against New Orleans. Yeah, oh, that's a great call. And you know, that's a great observation. Everyone was you know, focused on Roquan in that game. Yeah. But th- that secondary played really well. That really was not a competitive game. I'm no. not sure what to make of the Saints. I don't know if you watched their game two weeks ago. When they, they shut out the Raiders. They just destroyed the Raiders. I yeah. mean, that was cl- not even close either. And then this one was the total opposite. Which brings me to one thing, too. In that stat pack, Andy Dalton against Steelers, 3-13. Three and, three and 13. I bet it's not great against the Ravens either. 
Just a hunch, you know, from the AFC North days. I, I think the familiarity with the Saints quarterback works in the Steelers' favor. Yeah, there's knowing what you're up against and actually yeah. being able to do something about it. And uh, I think they're two different things. One more thing about Kamara. Uh, Saints had one drive at the end of the first half where they were able to go hurry up. They got the ball back with two minutes left. They went down and got a field goal and cut the lead to 14-3. to That started with a nine-yard Kamara run that they actually got blocked up. They interviewed Dennis Allen, the coach, at halftime, as they do on Monday nights. And he said, quote, we got to be able to run the ball, which is going to slow down the rush. That's going to give us a lot better chance to operate in the passing game. they got to run it, and I think the Steelers got to run it. Whoever runs it wins a low-scoring game Sunday. I tend to agree with you. Um, I, I don't think this is a great matchup for the Saints just from a rest perspective and on the road, short week, all the injuries. Didn't even mention the turnovers. They're the worst turnover team in the league. So uh, it should be a good one. And Kenny Pickett, one of the worst turnover quarterbacks uh, in the league. That's been so the case. This is the resistible object meeting the movable force. <laughs> and your point about you know, the offense needs to score points is not lost on me. Got to score points. Uh, Steelers preview on DV is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to do it tonight. Thanks to IU Jake behind the glass for keeping <laughs> us on the air. Thanks to you for following us and finding us and uh, tuning in. We'll be doing it again Next Thursday night as we get ready for the Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Until then, for Merrill Hodge and Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Persuda. You've been listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.